Hello and welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. I am Jason Kupsik, and today finally tracked down the CIA guy himself, Sam Culper. Hey, now we don't call me that. Don't call you that. No, you can't call me that. What are you talking about? I mean, once you do, you know that our NSA guy that listens already thinks that. I don't know, man. Yeah. He already knows. Never mind. They, they know. They already know. So hopefully we're already on those lists. And if we're not on those lists, do us a favor, like and share so we can get on as many of those lists as we can. Yeah. Uh, so sure. Yeah. I'm just Sam, listeners. Not a spy. Are you sure? No. I, I've known like, you a long time now. You know, I couldn't tell you. You do I like. Um, I wouldn't tell you. If I, I, I know that. Um, but you do abscond to South America a lot. I like to spend some time outside of the country. I like uh, I really like Central and South America. Uh, recently hung out in uh, Cuba for a little bit, a little bit of time, and uh, got to see some neat spots down there. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah. bringing them democracy. I like to travel. They need democracy there. They need they need a little bit of capitalism. Yeah. So share okay. a little bit, share a little bit of wealth with some of those folks. But uh, yeah, those of you who don't know me, uh, I have uh, been on a little bit on the last couple of episodes of the Ectoplasm Show, but I'm Sam Culper. Some of you might know me from the Breakers podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Breakers fans, you might be hearing this on the Breakers feed. So if you do hear this on the Breakers podcast feed, do me a favor, listen to this episode, check it out. This is a little different than what I've done before. This is not an audio drama. We're just here talking about... Different things that may or may not be real. I've got my good friend yeah. Jason Kupsik here who's going to tell some stories about uh, maybe some paranormal type things, things that are, are outside of uh, the normal realm. Uh, maybe some news stories, maybe some historical paranormal stories, things like that that, uh, that we find interesting. And uh, he's going to tell me they're true, and I'm probably not going to believe it, but, uh, but we'll see how that goes. But if you're listening on the breakers feed, do me a favor, go back in and look for the ectoplasm show, add that to your podcast feed and check out some of our, uh, some of our, our shows on the ectoplasm show. Yes. There's, it's been going on. How long have you been doing the ectoplasm Eight show? Years. Eight um, years. Probably coming close, close to nine. I was looking today. There's close to 450 episodes is from the past. So 450 episodes and there have been a number of guests and, and, and these guys over the course of the last near decade have basically just followed the history of, of paranormal and, uh, and they, they, they do, they've done investigations of different mm -hmm. places and they reported on their investigations. They've had, they basically just followed the news and shared some of the, the current events in uh, the paranormal, uh, the paranormal field uh, uh, shared some of those news stories. They've been following a lot of the the madness with uh, disclosure lately. You know, with the government telling us that uh, it's all crap. May or may not opinion. be. Uh, you know, the the, the great uh, distraction, mm -hmm. as I like to call it. Yeah. So, um, but uh, but a lot of those things they've been talking about for at least the last decade. So today we're going to talk about some paranormal news on this episode. However, we a lot of our episodes in the past have been, I'd say half and half, we, we would just 
talk about the news of the day. But for the most part, even though those stories were from that time, I feel that most of them are evergreen because the content doesn't necessarily, just because it was a news story that week doesn't mean that it's not currently of course, still content. Of course. And so much of it has built on itself too over time. So mm-hmm. to have a, a good concept of the stuff that's going on right now, you need to have the context of where it came from. So, uh, and, and you and Josh always did a really good job of, uh, of kind of ferreting out some of that stuff and poking holes where it's a little making bit silly fun and, uh, make, making fun of some of it. Cause, cause let's be fair. There's a lot of nonsense out of there, there is. but there's a lot of stuff that there is a question, you know? Uh, and, uh, I know, uh, you and I have talked briefly. I don't, to be honest with you guys out there, I'm not entirely sure what we're going to be talking about today. I'm coming in a little bit cold. Yeah. Jason's done a little bit of research. Um, but I know, uh, uh, one of the things that, that we're going to talk about either in this episode or in an upcoming episode is going to be Charles Fort. Yes. And and even going back to Charles Fort, there's always been a, you know, uh, who am I to uh, uh, basically to yuck your yum or harsh your, your what? I mean, you know, Charles Fort would say, this is the story that's out there. Mm-hmm. It might be true. It might not be true. Yeah. Here's what somebody's saying. Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of that that he you guys do. He was anti-authoritarian for the most part. He was interested in the paranormal, and obviously that's what he found to populate his books with. But he was the first to say not to believe all of it. Right. So, all right. So kind of so how what, I am, too. So with, with that, uh, tell us, Jason, we got, we got some news? You well, said first, we, we should probably news. mention our network, Podbelly. Podbelly Network. Yeah. We, we are part of the pig. Yep. Go to podbelly.com and check out all their shows and pig out on podcasts. And you know, if you go to Podbelly, you can find Breakers Podcast. You can yes. also find the Sofa King Podcast. There's a lot of other good shows on there, too. Uh, yeah, check them out. Podbelly.com. That well, also teach uh, you how to make a podcast. Well, let's uh, start on some news stories. So this one, I'm actually, this could be in your wheelhouse. Because it's a legal dispute. All right. So the Lizzie Borden murder house owner takes issue with nearby haunted coffee shop. So this isn't necessarily a paranormal story. It's a paranormal adjacent story. But I pulled it because they're mad at each other. The owner of the Lizzie Borden house in Massachusetts is unhappy with the newly opened haunted coffee shop that he contends is infringing on the company's intellectual property. The odd dispute reportedly began earlier this summer when Joe Perrier opened the doors to Miss Lizzie's Coffee in the city of Fall River, boasting a Lizzie Borden theme. The new business is located a short distance from the notorious home, which infamously served as the setting for the Grizzly Double Axe murder in 1892. All right, now I got to back up here. A now bit. I know this happens in a lot of places around stories that are urban legends or legends or true things. This happens around places like that. So, so this this assumes that someone basically owns the rights to the story that there might be ghosts around Lizzie's axe murder. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll get into the story deeper. It could be as simple as don't use Lizzie Borden's name. Mm. It's interesting. It's interesting because, you know, I, I also would, would, would wonder, I mean, I don't know if, if she can haunt the house, can she hunt the coffee shop across the street? Yeah. I, I have a feeling this is not about ghosts, but we'll see. All right. 
Boasting a Lizzie Borden theme, the new business is located a short distance. Oh, I just read that. As one might imagine, the arrival of the coffee shop did not go unnoticed by the owner of the murder house, Lance Zoll, who has taken issue with Pereira's, I don't know how to pronounce it, new venture. Quote, they're clearly drawing an association with Lizzie Borden and being right next to the house, he lamented, going on to observe that if I went down to Orlando or Anaheim and opened a place that was Mr. Mickey's milkshakes, that would be a problem. Thoughts? <laughs> it's a that's a it's a pretty bold statement there. Yeah. The idea that you're going to open up Disneyland across the street from Disneyland mm-hmm. is a little bit different. You know, someone who's got trademark and copyright issues. It and, does say that they. Zoll noted that his company possesses the trademark for Lizzie Borden. I don't, it doesn't say the, if it's the name. And see, without, with just, just from a, a basic legal principle, you can't trademark a name. I can't trademark a human being's name. So I, I would be a little bit curious as to how they think they own that, whether they have some sort of familial relationship uh, or they purchase their rights uh, um, from a family. But, mm-hmm. but as far as a name, I can't generally trademark the yeah. name of, 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 a, of a person. It does say that they... a historical person. Yeah, it does say that they, go, they do sell merchandise. The house itself is a museum and a hotel, all using that name. It says, since the business does not own the rights to the name Lizzie, it would seem that the coffee shop owner does not exactly infringe on the intellectual property, but Zoll begs to differ. Quote, it's important that if you open up next to a big landmark, that you are a good neighbor and you respect their trademarks. I don't see this taking any business away from him. It's like going to the Grand Canyon and opening up the Grand Canyon Rock Shop, right? Well, you know, it's always been funny working in and around like the restaurant business or bar businesses or things like that. Everyone's always concerned when someone opens up a restaurant across the street that you're going to lose business. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is more restaurants in the town mean more people are going to go out and eat. Mm -hmm. But I got to think that if I'm going to go to, what town is this? It's... uh... The Lizzie Borden house. It's in Massachusetts. Fall River, Massachusetts. Fall River, Massachusetts. I can't imagine that there's just a hell of a lot going on in Fall River, Massachusetts. So let's say you and I decide, hey, want a win. I wonder if it's a suburb of let's, like Boston. Or- let's, let's road trip, though, to mm-hmm. the Lizzie Borden house. Yeah. I'm pretty sure after our 30-minute tour that we spend 50 bucks for. Or even if or we we're whatever, staying in the hotel. Or if you're like, staying, if in, you're the staying in the hotel or whatever. I got to think that it's better for everyone involved for me to have more than just that one thing to do in town than just stay at the hotel. So yeah. uh, it just seems to me like like it might be beneficial to all. I mean, so so let's say we go to Roswell. You go to Roswell, there's not one place in town that that is really thriving off of UFO, what have you. Yeah. you know? I mean, that's what the town is. For. Oh, yeah. That's what everything is. That's what everything is there. So I, I have to think that the more there is there to entice people to come. Uh, I mean, the, that's a big comparison because that, the Roswell is the name of the town itself. Sure. And it's not like there's 
I guess the city could say don't use the name Roswell in your business. Right, but, but even, even if we just say UFO USA or whatever, mm-hmm. but if I've got a UFO hotel and someone gets pissed off because I open up a UFO coffee shop across the street, yeah. because I don't think it's the name Lizzie or Lizzie there Borden is that's a twist really to this. pissing them off. Yeah, there is a twist to this on the end. It said that the Borden house property originally was massive and expansive and that murders didn't actually happen where the house is now it happened where the coffee shop is now oh wow it says um around 50 years before the legendary double axe murder oh wait uh, however the incident actually unfolded on the very spot that is now miss lizzie's coffee as such pr posted that the lizzie borden house is stealing ghosts from his business <laughs> <laughs> so really the question becomes who who actually has the right to be pissed off yeah. maybe it is the guy who has the coffee shop that says i really got the place where the bad thing happened but i don't know it just th- this seems like a lot to do about nothing because really it looks like they're not actually going to court so it looks like it's just to boost business they're like we'll fight each other and everybody will like us we'll talk about it that's probably true if that's you know if that's the case good on him good yeah. that's a good spin <laughs> that's a good spin um lizzie borden this is a, it's a pretty fascinating story anyway so uh i don't know i wonder what kind of coffee they have there you think there's like a some sort of axe coffee I don't know, or? look it up real quick all right let's check it I, out my check phone's it. over there i will check it out tell, um, me, tell me the name of the coffee shop it is called the lizzie Miss Lizzie's Coffee. Miss Lizzie's Coffee. In Fall River, Massachusetts. So while I'm doing this, give us a little bit of backstory about Lizzie Borden. Tell us the story about it here. I don't bit. have it in front of me. Oh, come on, man. Everybody out. knows the, the 40 wax and kills Yeah, the, she killed her family with an axe. Yeah, so. Um I didn't prepare that because maybe we could do an episode on Lizzie no, Borden in the future. I, just, I thought you might have the... Let's see what TripAdvisor says about it. Top, top 10 best cafes in Fall River. So where is Fall River in Massachusetts compared to, like, Boston? I don't know, but Miss Lizzie's didn't make the, make the list, so I need oh. to back up. All right. Oh, well. I got it. Did you? Okay. Miss Lizzie's Coffee. Great coffee. Home, contact us. Newspaper article. More. I'll put the link in the show notes. This is up, yeah, house. yeah. So it's actually Miss Lizzie's Coffee, L I Z Z I E S C O F F E E dot com. Try our coffee, more than drinks. Miss Olivia, ordering online coming soon. And there's no. Maybe they just haven't got it built yet. Yeah, it, it, it appears new. to be relatively new. There's some newspaper articles about it. Uh, experience the infer the adventure. You'll experience the quote most haunted coffee shop in the world. Finally, the best tasting coffee, fresh roasted ground that you'll ever experience, and it's more than drinks. We also offer a wide variety of other hot drinks, savory and sweet food options. So whether you're stopping for your morning coffee, lunch, or afternoon snack, we've got you covered. So, um, well, for that. That promotion, they should send us a T-shirt. Are we spo- yeah, are, are we sponsored by them yet? <laughs> oh, we so, should be. Yeah, no. Um, let me give a real quick, um, since we are going to talk about that. Um, so just as a little bit of background, Lizzie Borden, who was born in 1960, was actually tried in court for the murder of her stepmother. 1960 or 1860? 1860. Okay. 
She was tried in court for the murder of her stepmother, Abby Borden, her father, Andrew Borden, and although she was acquitted, no other person was accused, and she remains infamous for the murders that occurred in uh, August 4th of 1892 in Fall River, Massachusetts. And, and there was always some sort of skepticism as to whether or not she actually did this because mm-hmm. I think there was some questions about whether or not there was some motive or whether she'd gone crazy, whether she was covering for someone yeah. else. or So uh, it's a pretty interesting story in her biography and background's a little bit interesting. So we might go into that at some point and talk about, about old Lizzie's story. We should because uh, it's, it's one we've actually not talked about on the show as far as – there's clearly hauntings there. This would be a non-story between they're fighting over the ghosts, right? So, yeah, and I mean, it just it kind of begs the question: who owns a ghost? Yeah, we can we can tackle that later. Let's get back to the news. All right, fine. <laughs> next next news story: mysterious deaths hit Amina after cemetery desecration. Residents of a village in Ghana are on edge following four mysterious deaths, which they believe were brought about by a construction project that desecrated a pair of revered locations within their community. The curious case reportedly began in early July when the community of Amina is really distracting because it looks like Enema. Uh, I keep getting distracted by that. Anyways, when a developer inexplicably carved a path through a cemetery and a sacred space where residents Kofi Botinga explained, our chiefs perform annual rituals for the welfare of the town. The seemingly haphazard construction project resulted in bodies inadvertently being exhumed from the graveyard and the destruction of the sanctified spot, which been a central part of the community for over four centuries. So how did these people appear to have died? Uh, let's see. As one might imagine, residents of the village were aghast when they discovered what had been done, though the developer insisted that they had the proper authorization for the audacious project. While the matter is being investigated by authorities, Community members are living in fear following what they say are a series of strange deaths which have occurred ever since the cemetery and sacred space was desecrated. The peculiar passing of four individuals described as energetic youth who showed no signs of illness has led many to suspect that some kind of curse was unleashed. We, the youth in the community, believe that the destruction of these two sites, they don't say. They don't say that they did autopsies or anything. So apparently there there are some rituals that the chiefs in the area um, put on dealing with uh, the purification um, when, when people pass there. Um, and they needed the bones of these people as part of the rituals to get the, ba- the dead back in their resting place. And it appears that there are dozens of these exhumed bodies that are now missing, like the wow. skeletons are missing. So it looks looks to, to be some sort of concern that as long as the dead are not back in their resting place, then then maybe that that's where you know the possible peril to the locals is is coming from. Things get moved all the time. Uh, I guess they have their own ritual tied to it, so that might be why why it's different. But I mean, this sort of thing is not rare really oh, around cer- the world. Certainly not in. It, Less so where we live because, um, 
we, we live in a place where there's just a lot of space, mm-hmm. but particularly, I mean, it, it, when you think about some European nations that have cities built atop cities atop cities, you know, or, or in some of the Middle Eastern countries, um, I mean, think about the catacombs underneath yeah. Paris. I mean, all, all of those uh, skeletons and bodies had, had been moved and replaced. But I think the question here is, you know, if, if you truly aren't at peace, you know, these particular folks and with their beliefs and whatnot, I mean, the question is, what happened to these people who were, were buried according to their custom and then now are just missing? You yeah. know, are they at rest or are they restless outside opinion on this outside view do you feel that it's the potentially a curse or do you think it possibly is their mind making it real Um, i'm more i mean you kind of know where i generally stand on things of this nature i mean it's more i don't know how much power i think that the bones have on the living Mm -hmm. um and i don't know where i land these days on what happens to cognition or, or your spirit after you leave your body. But I'm pretty sure that I don't believe that there's much connection to the physical body mm-hmm. once it's gone. So yeah. I, I, I would put most of that off on, on people in their own, their own particular brand of, of, of dogma or whatever, you yeah. know I mean? They're putting that on themselves. Um, and that happens across all cultures. I mean, if yeah, people I aren't mean, buried properly here, people are gonna gonna twist off. Our quote unquote elite have all kinds of rituals that they do, even if they're not thinking that they're doing it. And who knows what they're actually doing behind closed doors? And to me, it's their own act of doing it, not necessarily the ritual that's giving them power. It's their own belief in the potential of doing it that is giving them something. Well, and when you're when you're looking at this, I mean, we're talking about skeletons being buried in the dirt, skeletons being buried in boxes. Or are mm-hmm. we embalming? Are yeah. we mummifying? Are we uh, cremating? Well, the whole you know, point are of we... burial, right? Religious aspect is to preserve the bodies enough to rise again to be a part of heaven. Well, it depends. I mean, some of these, I, I, the, these, these African countries, I have no idea what these folks in Ghana would believe. But yeah, that's true. If, if, if you're, if you come from at some point, they something probably had that, that deals come with in and tell them to do that. If they didn't already do that before, sure. there's, there's that possibility. Sure. But I mean, if, if you're, what, what about a, a reincarnation or, I mean, there are all kinds of different mm-hmm. ideas of, of what happens, um, to the dead once once they've gone through whatever ritual it is that they're supposed to go through whether that's passing through to some sort of purgatory to just to have someone pass judgment on them and decide whether they're going to go towards a heaven or a hell or some sort of paradise situation or, or some sort of punishment yeah um or you know whether they're going to be lizzie borden that's hanging out at the mm-hmm. coffee shop you know i mean yeah. um so but I've always, I, I like spending time in cemeteries and I find them interesting. And I definitely believe that they can potentially be haunted. But my argument against investigating uh, cemeteries really often is your body was placed there after you died. You didn't spend your life there. So if you, if it is a, an aspect of you that hangs around, why would you stay with your body? 
Well, and and I'm going to fall down on the fact that if there is some sort of residual you after you die, that it has way more to do with things that we don't understand right now mm-hmm. that are, are not going to be organic. Yeah. This is not an organic thing. This is going to be dealing with some sort of uh, radio waves or, or Im- imprint mm-hmm. on something that I don't believe is something on an organic material. I mean, the I think our organic, thing that goes away is your brain. Yeah, I you think know? our organic nature. So me personally, when I think about what consciousness is and what we are, I, I, my approach, I never tried to believe in anything, but I think it's more than, I think it's highly likely, highly possible that our organic nature is a receiver for whatever our consciousness is. Right. And it's coming from somewhere else that could explain so many things in the paranormal field. Right. And I, and I would, I, be, I would believe that, but, but if that's a receiver from somewhere else, then you have to have a broadcast from something and, and either something broadcasting from somewhere, some sort of uh, collective knowledge or collective uh, organism out sure. there, you know, that, that, that is, is housing that, um, entity after its death or before its birth, um, or you have to have some sort of of essentially an imprint, you know, like the the negative on a on mm-hmm. a piece of film, you know, that that's left, and that would be like uh, the residual of your consciousness, um, and maybe that's what it is that we're seeing when we see ghosts and whatnot. But again, that does beg the question: is why why would they be roaming cemeteries? You know, mm-hmm. um, to me, the burial practices of almost every culture are really basically them looking back at a mirror at themselves in an effort to to keep themselves to make themselves comfortable with their own lasting beyond mm-hmm. the you know the what are your plans after death what are my plans yeah probably some sort of cremation just because it is the most financially reasonable it's the most um i mean there's there's it's not taking up any space. Sure. It's not. I mean, it just it just seems to be the most rational way to deal with it. Um, my wife wants to go first, and then she wants our ashes to be mixed when I die. Sure. And then she wants my there, daughter some, to carry it around with her. That's a lot to put on your I daughter. <laughs> that's a lot to put on your daughter. I know. Um, I, I to to me, the cemetery is not for the living. Or it's not for the dead. It's for the living. Mm-hmm. You know, those monuments are for people to. Uh, remember and you know you and I have been through lots of cemeteries together yeah. and, and, and I'm I always, was in one right before I came here yeah okay it fascinates me I, I love to go there and see and, and read the inscriptions and what people thought needed to be there to last forever and you know they say that that you what is it the saying that you live uh, until the last the last time your name is spoken or, or whatever yeah. something along that lines you live on until the last time your name is spoken and you know, we we see we've seen lots of uh, gravestones and things that are aren't attributable to anyone. You know, yeah. some of them that are are cleaned off and will have a story on them. You know, so and so was murdered by so and so. You know, or um, you know the 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 gravestones of the children and and things like that. I mean, there's always a story there, and that's fascinating to me, and I love that. But that to me, those memorials are so the living can remember the dead. And I know when you look back towards some 
you know, African tribes or Middle Eastern or, or Egyptian, you know, they, they had an idea that, that you had to be preserved in order to get you on to, mm-hmm. you know, the, the next, whatever the next phase is, uh, the, the Chinese terracotta armies that were buried, you know, or, uh, whenever slaves were buried with masters, you know, essentially alive yeah. with that, with, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, there, there were all kinds of, of ideas out there about how to make you live on, but, I don't know that that's really what we do these days. We're not trying to keep help people live on. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there are starting. I haven't seen any personally, but I've seen stories about video headstones. Sure. Um, but again, is that for the dead or is that for no, the living for to the remember? Dead, but it's- now, now, there's some science that says, you know, I... Which isn't all that different from let me mummify your body so it, it's going to be perfect mm-hmm. into the afterlife. Well, how much different is that from some sort of the cryogenic nonsense that we're doing right now that doesn't really have any scientific backing either? That, yeah. you know, you, you died from this, but we're going to preserve you as best we can just in case we can somehow bring you back later on. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's not, not particularly realistic, but um, we're going to get to a place where consciousness even if it doesn't even if we don't have some sort of imprint out there um i saw a a news article the other day where they were mapping a brain and in the brain i think they were listening to led zeppelin and the person's thinking led zeppelin back and they Mm -hmm. can read the brain brain waves and hear led zeppelin through Sure. So they can actually read yeah. read the mind, and, and that stuff's able, coming to your ear, AirPods and right, all that stuff right. is it's coming soon. Coming so so quickly that they're able to read brainwaves and map what's going on in your brain. That mm-hmm. at some point they'll be able to digitize that, and there will be there was some new, sort of consciousness yeah. that will live on, whether it's an new, artificial intelligence. A recent book that came out that was talking about that issue of soon. If they can't already, these big corporations will be able to know more about you than what you know about yourself. Oh, they already do. Yeah. They already do. Um, When, during uh, the last presidential election, when there was the issues of of stealing data from things Mm -hmm. like Facebook and stuff like that, uh, there were some interesting articles that talked about how if they could match you up, they looked at the, the things that you liked... You know, when you would go through and like stories and articles Mm -hmm. and the people that you were friends with and whatever, they could have so many data points and they could know you better than the people that you work with and so many more data points and they could know you better than your spouse and Mm -hmm. so many more data points and they would literally know you better than you know yourself and be able to predict driving things into you comes from as well because then they can manipulate what you're seeing you don't have the potential to see other right things things that i that i absolutely would love to buy that i would never think to buy but Mm -hmm. they know to remind me that i want which is Anyways, devastating we could get to into my that wife. Some other time. Um, this is not a conspiracy or political episode. We'll talk about aliens next. Are they? Somebody's- well, this is actually a two-part story. There's the story, and then there's a follow-up story. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, are, are they are they dead or ghosts or? They're actually. No, I'll, I'll wait for the second story. Right, bring it out. Bring it out. So I saw several of these videos about this story last last week or so. 
you may have i don't know how mainstream it went you know went because i'm i'm insulated in my social media bubble like we were just talking about residents uh, reports of aliens terrorizing peruvian village prompt response from authorities now this story came out the same time that lahaina happened so it kind of got buried in that Residents of a village in Peru claim that they are being terrorized by mysterious beings that some have suggested are aliens, and their particular predicament has led to authorities descending on the community in the hopes of getting to the bottom of the eerie invasion. Why do we think they're aliens? There were videos and pictures, and they looked like aliens. They did, at least from what, you you know, you don't know what you could see online is real or not, but I saw some stuff that if that is from that town, they look like aliens. Okay, what's the name of the town? It's in Peru. Residents of a village in Peru. It might mention it coming up. Oh, okay, go ahead. Okay. According to a local media report, the very strange case became, uh, began last month when people living in the district of Alto Nene, A-L-T-O-N-A-N-A-Y, began encountering the odd interlopers who seemingly displayed the ability to levitate, quote, these gentlemen are aliens. They seem armored like the Green Goblin from Spider-Man, declared community leader Jero, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, who went on to explain that I have shot him twice and he does not fall, but rises and disappears. We are frightened by what's happening. That's what their community leader said. He said he physically shot them himself. Okay, I'm looking at some pictures. Uh, there's a Vice article that talks about them and shows some pictures that are on formerly known as Twitter X. Sure. And they do look an awful lot like uh, the Green Goblin here. But, I mean, I, I guess they could be what we, we would think of conventionally as aliens. Well, you know, the, the, the whole Vegas thing that happened like two months ago where, I don't know if you saw that either. There was a whole thing where... Uh, someone said, called the police and said a ship landed in their backyard and they were out there looking at the beings standing in their backyard. And as this was happening, a cop across town caught something on his camera of it going across the sky. And then that, that same cop ended up there to interview the people. But we never saw the alien. There was a video that came out that wasn't in the backyard, but of somebody catching something in like a neighboring yard. But nothing ever came of that. This this story actually has a resolution. Okay, keep going. Okay, he went on to describe the mysterious entities as being silver in color with long heads and eyes that are half yellowish. As to their purported powers, Avila observed that the six and a half foot tall beings appeared to sport shoes, which allow them to levitate about three feet in the air. Despite their best attempts to counteract the curious visitors, he lamented that they are experts at escaping. Concerned in the community, concerned in the community over the unsettling situation, recently reached reached a fever pitch when a teenage girl was allegedly attacked by one of the suspected aliens and sustained cuts around her neck as a result of the unnerving encounter. So that it goes on for another paragraph, but that's the basis of the story. Okay, I'm I'm not gonna lie, but you look at this, look at this picture. Mm-hmm. This picture looks almost just like some of our rocket pack yeah. guys that, I mean, this looks like actual, very modern technology that we have of people flying around with, I mean, and, and there are videos of these, but 
I don't I don't know that I mean So this actually has a much more mundane explanation. Oh, but it doesn't now you're, gonna, so, now you're gonna ruin it for me. It doesn't I, I haven't read the whole article explaining it, but to me I don't see how they can explain them hovering and being shot. Because it says aliens terrorizing Peruvian village revealed to be mischievous miners. The illegal mining gangs are gangs are clearly using sophisticated technology to propel in and out of the area, and an investigation is okay, underway. Okay, so they're flying in and out. They're on flying these in things. and out on these rocket packs, <laughs> and I mean, I, you, you've seen these these new jetpacks. These jetpacks. So they attack the girl. Cartels she's are instilling too fear. Close. They're in, instilling fear by spreading an alien terror throughout their actions. As per prosecutors, they claim that these cartels aim at keeping local people locked in their homes and away from their illegal gold pits. They were likely the gold mafias belonging to the drug cartels of Brasilia's O Primero Comando de Capital, uh, Colombia's Clan de Golfa, or FARC, which ravaged Latin America for decades. And they do. They look like the Green Goblin flying around on his on his stuff. But but I, I, I've seen a lot of these prototype prototypical that you can actually you know spend a hundred grand now and buy yeah these, these jetpacks where mm-hmm. you fly around on the rocket packs and I mean what a great way to scare the hell out of all of uh, well, yeah, the local you know villagers that are already superstitious. They were taking the tact of our military. Put a few. They'll let the stories out there fly, and people will think it's UFOs rather than new tech that they're testing. That's the same kind of sure tactic. Yeah. Wow. Just, uh, I, I, the idea of, did, of does it say because it doesn't say in here. Did they catch and like charge these people, or did they just figure out that it was them? Is there any recourse, or is this still just going to be happening for them? It, it says. Per the prosecutors, so they at least have someone in mind. I don't know that they've actually caught anyone yet, but it says the illegal mining games are clearly using sophisticated technology. So so I think they have someone in mind, but it looks like it could be any of three different groups. But it's interesting to me, you know, we, we usually, when we're looking at uaps or ufos and you know a lot of that you can always attribute to skunk works or mm-hmm. you know a lot of advanced technology sure. that that we've been working on for years um but the idea that now we have civilian organized crime mm-hmm. that has this advanced technology that they're now using to harass citizens as well it's kind of yeah. interesting it, it you know i always think of, of elon musk being our supervillain, but why why wouldn't some rich cartel leader who also has access sure. to millions and millions not go I out mean, and pablo buy a few escobar of these brought hippos to south america so so pablo actually had right about that time there were some james bond movies and they had built some crazy you know spy looking jet skis and things mm-hmm. and the last time I was at Pablo's house, those jet skis were actually there still really? that he'd had that uh, he'd had the the people who made them for the movies make them for him because yeah. he had an unlimited budget sure. and wanted to ride around on these super yeah, spy jet skis. He, he lost you know, billions to rot. So well, he, he lost it to rot. Uh, spent tens of thousands on just rubber bands. And when he was on the run, had so much of it that it was just cord. But he used it as firewood mm-hmm. to to keep himself and his kids warm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was money that we can't even comprehend. So these the amounts of these are they're super villains. They're super villains. That's what they are. They they really are. <laughs> I mean, this is a this is a comic book super villain. Yeah. who ha- has some gold mines that he wants to keep the locals away from, or hell, maybe it's the Peruvian government doing the same thing Probably. that. That that our 
super secret CIA or whoever is doing mm-hmm. here that, that are trying to put together their own stuff. And maybe uh, these gold mines are their area 51 and that's where <laughs> they're doing their, their, their test maybe. sites. I mean, who knows? But uh, I, th- I think the, the more realistic thing is that they've come up with a good way to get in and out and attack people that are trying to come after them. And it's just star Wars come to life. It, it obviously doesn't want that. There's some kind of corruption going on there or they would be able to stop it. That mine doesn't move. It doesn't move. So if they knew where the mine was. No, but in in Central and South America, the problem is not going to be the government. Mm -hmm. Because organized crime can take care of the government. They're not trying to harass the government. They're trying to harass the citizens. To keep the citizens away from the area, not the government. It's not not what I'm reading from here. So... Corruption can take care of the government, and corruption can also take care of a lot of the citizens. Mm-hmm. But maybe we've decided to spend our money on toys and use fear. Or I mean, we've always used some sort of fear, but sure. just a different mode of fear. I mean, it's yeah. just kind of a this is a really interesting <laughs> article outside of the paranormal aspects. Yeah. Just the the change in tact, yeah. I guess. So yeah, that's fun. All right, well there we go. There's the first news episode. Wow, I'm gonna dig into the Peruvian. Uh, Rocket guys. All Let me right. see what I can find. You're going to be down there soon. You're going to be down there soon, like flying around with them, probably. Well, maybe after after the show, I'll show you one of my rocket w- packs. Would you ever ride one of those? you damn right I would. Yeah. All day long. Oh. Uh, I, I've, well, I've, I've I, seen I, them there. You should get one and terrorize the town. Yeah, we're going to need a sponsor. Okay. <laughs> if we can get a sponsor, then I, I will. Uh, yeah. And you know, we'll, we'll, maybe someday we'll have a Patreon, and 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 part of the Patreon we, we we'll, have we'll, a Patreon. I just then, need to then, update then, it. Then we're going to need you guys to contribute and get us to the level where I can buy a rocket pack, uh-huh. and I will go online and I will test this rocket pack. But now the ones that I've seen, um, you've got the jet pack on your back, but it's actually. You, you've got stuff on your hands and oh, yeah. your hands. So, I mean, it's almost like you're doing this constant press mm-hmm. where you're, you're flying around pointing your hands. It just seems, I may be too old. I may, I may have to wait for this, this rocket pack technology to get yeah. better. I've actually re- seen some fascinating new, um, uh, small craft technology that's based on like drone technology. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like the, the quad copter mm-hmm. stuff, uh, because the, the quad quad, the quadcopter is an incredibly balanced platform. Yeah. It's really, really stable. So as long as you have a center of gravity underneath it, it's, it can just hover and hold. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen some of those that, that are kind of what I believe will be the future of the, the, the flying car, you know, uh, would be more like a, a drone type situation than the rocket pack, just because with a rocket pack and a jet engine, there's so much heat involved uh, that the fuel consumption is going to be so rapid. Plus, have you done one of those lot. water ones? I haven't done one of them. As long as you're I've over the water, it. it's on. I mean, I'm assuming right. it runs on something that would run out, but it seems like. Yeah, the but you're just you're you're, you're 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 ten feet above the water and you're going to fall in and splash. Yeah, you know. So no, those are actually water propelled. It's a, a water mm-hmm. jet that's that's blowing yeah. out. But um, that's a much larger device, and I think that device actually has something that's on An the water. Umbilical. Right, yeah. so you're actually hosed to it, but but these, uh, I mean, they're they're self-contained. They're the propellants all on your back, which means mm-hmm. you're much likely, much more likely to blow up. Yeah, catch they're yourself like the on fire, guys, in or, Vietnam. Or when it goes out, you're just gonna fall. Yeah, and you know, if I if I am in an airplane or a helicopter that uh, 
that loses an engine, there are lots of things I can do to get back on the ground. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what I do if it's parachute. just just me <laughs> falling. Yeah. So I, I would hope parachute, but those guys aren't ever flying high enough for a parachute to be very helpful. You know, they're like I remember reading when I was a kid. Maybe a kid is a teenager. One of the first things when I really started digging into paranormal stuff online was the L.A. Rocket Man, mm-hmm. which looks exactly like that too. Sure, sure. Um, those those that technology has been around and it's been getting better and better. But I mean, they they were doing that in the sixties. Mm-hmm. So and and it was never very stable. It took a really really trained guy to be able to do it, but it was. At that point, mostly cost prohibitive. Yeah. And it's it's becoming less cost prohibitive. And, and again, like I said, you're looking at a couple hundred grand maybe, which, you know, for, for the average working stiff out there is not going to go spend a couple hundred grand on a rocket pack. Yeah. But that's not outside of the, I mean, I, I know guys who spend a couple hundred grand on a car. Yeah. You know, just well, to have a toy car. technology... Personally, do you think that it's being used by the military now and we just don't know it? Like an upgraded version? Like you would think that being inserted in somewhere, this may take over having a have to have a helicopter bring you there. I mean, I guess it all depends on distance. I, I can see it happening at some point. It's so heavy. And when you're mm-hmm. being inserted into something like that, you're you also to having really to carry fast. so much other yeah. stuff with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when you look at a SEAL team that's being inserted in somewhere, um, the load that they're carrying in of all of their ammunition and all of their communication equipment and all of their, um, you know, wh- whether they're doing some sort of demolition, those munitions and those types of things. I mean, those guys are carrying a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so you're looking at basically a man and a half on top of everything that this thing would have to insert. So I, I again, so the drone I think it technology would, be, would probably the, be the way to go that uh, in ult- the future. Ultimately. Yes. But what, but we have stealth helicopters right now mm-hmm. that can put these guys in pretty quick. The and black pretty helicopters quiet. that conspiracy theorists have been yelling about for decades. Yes. Yep. Well, those black helicopters exist, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, in fact, we've crashed them before. So, I mean, they're, they're out there and they're known, but, yeah. um, but that that's a much more reasonable, rational way to insert someone. Um, it's a lot quicker and quieter to to drop someone in through a vertical mm-hmm. envelopment or, or like a like to to parachute in. So, and and you can you can drop equipment that way. So, yeah. while I think at that at some point maybe this rocket technology will be out there, but again, if you're flying in like that, you're you're a target. Sure. And and you don't want anything that's going to make a loud noise. That's going to make it. You want you want to mm-hmm. get in quickly and quietly. Yeah. And that that's just not a quickly and quietly way Go to back do to things. Where I think we're going to see technology like that that the military has is some of these um, exoskeleton type devices that they're sure. building uh, that allow them to walk farther, carry more weight, and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, uh, body armor technology is going to be a bigger deal than yeah. their ability to fly. So. Well, a lot of people, uh, this is just a general assumption, but I think it's true. A lot of people probably feel that the soldier is going away because of technology, but I don't think that'll ever be true. We'll always need the individuals there. So a lot of a lot of the time when you see these drone strikes and stuff, mm-hmm. what a lot of people don't realize is oftentimes it's not just a drone that flies in somewhere and shoots at something. Mm-hmm. 
oftentimes there's somebody on the ground that's painting that target. Yeah. So that drone knows where to go and mm -hmm. knows that those people are in there. But um, intelligence gathering takes people on the ground that have to insert themselves in and actually be able to see things. So it's certainly changing the landscape of, of the battlefield. But, you know, we also thought after the first Gulf War that we were just looking at air wars, mm -hmm. you know, and when you look at what's happened in the Ukraine, you know, yeah. I mean, but technology, I mean, we're, we're seeing a lot of what we're, what we're seeing is, is China and the United States and, and other, other people watching how new technologies working itself out on those battlefields right mm -hmm. now, particularly communication technology. When you look at Starlink stuff and, yeah. and things like that, um, it's a different kind of war, but you know, the drones that they're using in Ukraine, these are not these giant jet drones that, that we were well, yeah, looking at before. I mean, they're, they're, they're dropping taking, little things in tanks. Those things, yeah, are, they're just falling. No, these like, guys are going on wish, and they're mm -hmm. buying the shittiest drones that yeah. they can, and they're tapping a bomb on it with a little bitty camera and flying it into something and blowing it up. I yeah. mean, it's it, it's ingenious. It's it's cheap. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's fantastic. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Go to ectoplasmshow.com. You can find the links to everything, including our phone number, which I'll check for the next episode, 913-730-7255. You give us a call, send us a text, send us a photo. Someday you might get lucky and I might answer. You never know. Who knows? Who knows? And, you know, right now we're just... We're chit-chatting. We're just talking about things that are interesting to us. Mm -hmm. Jason's got some new stories. I've kind of got my take on them, but uh, some of these episodes may be super organized. Some of them may be just a little bit of mishmash, but... Uh, yeah, and we're not... Know? There could be 30-minute episodes. There could be 20-minute episodes. We're just going to do... We're just going to change it up to be whatever. If you see if you see an interesting story that you want us to talk about or you want our take on it, you can go online. There is yeah. a, a Facebook group. Yeah, there is. It's the Meat Mates of the Ectoplasm Show. Yeah, Type, join, type, type that, that into your search engine, Meat, meat Mates. mates. Yeah. Uh, but, but go on there and, uh, and, and tell, us, uh, tell us what you think about some of these things and, uh, and what you might be interested in chatting about. Yeah.